0: Baseball lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Josh Shapiro and Tristan Matt What's up guys, it's Tristan here back for episode 78 of the Grounds Crew Podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 9th. We're starting to get rolling into the new year. Things are starting to get back to normal after the holidays. Hope everybody had a good week so far. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We got some good stuff for you guys today. So we got some behind the brand for you guys. And of course, we got news from around the show. We got the latest on the Machado watch. Got the latest on the Harper watch. All that good stuff. So behind the brand. I've mentioned it the past couple weeks. This past weekend, actually January 2nd to January 5th, We were at the baseball youth all American games in Orlando, Florida, and in South Carolina as well, uh, South California as well. A lot of you guys came out, showed up, came to see us. It was awesome. Like I've been saying it for the past month now, we appreciate all your guys' support. There would be no baseball lifestyle without you. So thank you guys for coming out. Come and say what's up. Come say hi. Uh, Always love when you guys come out and do that stuff. Love taking the pictures. Josh, I know, loves it, appreciates it. He loves to see all the fans out there and see who he's making happy, that kind of stuff. It makes him happy. We also were able to get a ton of content going. It was awesome. Just being part of the Baseball Youth All-American Games was a good time. Great atmosphere. A lot of fun. So thank you to them. And it was just an awesome weekend for the brand, awesome weekend for us, awesome weekend for baseball in general, so thank you guys. Got a lot of good content from that coming your way soon, so keep an eye out. And as we roll into the new year, we got plenty of new gear coming to you guys as well. If you haven't seen it yet, we got a new five-tool shirt coming out. If you're a five-tool player, you know what that is. You got all the tools, power, speed, arm, all that. Make sure to pick that shirt up. It's in the store now. And we also got a new knit coming, at, uh, coming your way soon. So keep an eye out for that. We got plenty more good stuff coming out for you. We're always working, always trying to get the best designs for you guys. So plenty of good stuff coming in 2019. Now, what do you think? Harper watch or Machado watch first? I'm thinking Harper watch. I've been hearing a little bit more of that because Machado has kind of been moving at a snail's pace. Stuff's starting to pick up for the Harper kind of stuff. Still moving a little bit slow. We might not see him for sign for a while, but we're starting to get a little bit of something. The Phillies are holding a face-to-face meeting with the Star on Saturday, and Phillies owner John Middleton and GM Matt Klintak will be the ones flying out to Vegas to meet with Harper and his agent Scott Wars. This is the first in-person meeting between the Phillies and Bryce Harper, and the while the team's primary focus is to go out and get Manny Machado because it is believed by most around the league that he will sign before Harper does, they want to explore all the options, and you got to do that when you're, there's a guy like this on the, on the market. It's always nice to have a backup plan to that, that guy that you do want to get, because if something happens, you don't get him. You want to know that you've been in contact with this guy, that you are on his radar. So, they're doing it. Now this meeting makes them the third team aside from the Washington Nationals to meet with Harper face to face. The Chicago White Sox and the Los Angeles Dodgers personnel have also met with Harper. Not news, we've known this has happened. Speaking of Washington, though, NBC Los Angeles' Michael Duarte reported that the Nationals have reemerged as the favorites to sign Bryce Harper. He also said that the Phillies sit closely remi- uh, behind still, so there's still some rumors swirling around about them. But the Nationals just continued to remain in the mix. And personally, I think that it is going to be, end up with Bryce Harper staying in Washington. I just have that... It has that vibe to it. It doesn't seem like he's getting... It just doesn't seem like any deal team wants to give him that kind of mega deal that he's looking for. I think everybody thought it would be a frenzy to sign Bryce Harper. Like, every team in the league was going to go out there, but it really... Hit, it hasn't been that crazy. I mean, there's been a couple teams that are interested. Um, but a lot of them are paying more attention to Machado, and so it's just it I think that the Nationals want him the most. I think that they'll do what they feel they need to do and they'll end up getting him. And apparently they have up to their previous offer of 10 years, 300 million dollars. That was the offer that came in November, I believe, or September. And the deal on the table now is reported to be much more. That was reported by Jim Bowden of The Athletic. So they've definitely upped what their offer was. You have to imagine that they wouldn't just up it a couple million dollars. It's probably between the $325 million range and $350 million range. And quite frankly, I think that gets the deal done. I don't think any other team is going to want to match that unless the Phillies miss out Machado and they decide that they need to go out and get one of these guys because... They didn't get the first one. They need to get Bryce Harper. I don't know, but I don't think anybody matches what the Nationals are willing to give Harper. Now, in regards to Machado watch, there's been a lot of talk about him today, just today. Earlier this morning, Bryce, uh, Bruce Levine of 670 The Score in Chicago reported that he is expected to sign within a week. So that's within a week of today, Wednesday, January 9th. Levine noted that three to- the three teams we have known to be in the Machado conversation are still in the conversation, that it's still between those three teams, as well as a fourth mystery team. I don't know who that could be. There's plenty of teams that would be interested in a 26-year-old superstar. There's also reports of growing momentum with the White Sox, and that's kind of been a lot of the talk of the 10 this uh, today. A lot of people are seemingly getting the sense that Machado is likely to sign with the White Sox, and there's a few reasons why. I mean, Chicago just agreed to a deal with free agent outfielder John Jay. John Jay, he's a 33-year-old veteran, solid veteran outfielder. Uh, it's a one-year, $4 million deal, so they're going to get him on the cheap. But we're not talking about him because this is a big move or a great move for the White Sox. It's his sixth team in the past five seasons. It's not like he's some super talented player that teams were vying for. And he does add some depth, but he most important thing is that he's very good friends with Manny Machado. And it looks like the Net White Sox are willing to accommodate Machado because they've already went out and got Yonder Alonso, and now they've added John Jay. These are two, uh, probably Machado's two best friends in the league. These three guys, they basically grew up together. They all come from the same neighborhoods in Miami. I mean, Alonso and John Jay have known each other since they were 10, and they knew Machado since he was even younger. So, now that they've all made it to the big leagues, they've been meeting up in their hometown of Miami during the offseason for just a number of years. They train together, their families hang out together, they all know each other. They're very close. Players around the league even recognize that they have like kind of a special bond, that they know each other, they're very close with each other. Because they. a lot of people call them the M- Miami crew. They even used to go pick each other up from the airports when one of the others was in town to for... A series. So it's just they're very tight, they're very close. They've never gotten the opportunity to play together. So who knows? Maybe M- Manny bites at that. He wants the opportunity as well as being part of an up and coming team. And it's not crazy to believe that Machado would want to join this up and coming franchise. I mean, we've talked about how much talent they have. They w- have built one of the better farm systems in baseball. Um, he gets to play with his friends, and they're going to give him a little, ton of money. So There's reason to believe that he would sign in Chicago. It's definitely not crazy. I mean, obviously, I think the Yankees and the Phillies give him a much better chance to win now. White Sox are going to take a little more time. I'm also a little bit mad that he probably won't sign with the Yankees. It's not looking likely, but, you know. Also, you're coming from a franchise in Baltimore that's been kind of up and down. They've never really been a real competitor. I mean, they were good a couple of times, but... Going to Chicago, you're going to have to endure a couple of seasons that are going to be a little disappointing. And they've never really operated as a big market team. I mean, this would be the biggest deal that they've ever given to a player before this would be Jose Abreu, who was a six-year, $68 million deal. That's the most amount of money that they've ever given to a player in that side of Chicago. So they don't operate like the Yankees or the Phillies. The Phillies and the Yankees are two teams that are going to go out and they're going to go spend money and they're just going to maintain success for a number of of years. I don't know if the Chicago White Sox are going to be able to do that. They have all this talent, but maybe it comes together and they hold it together for a couple of years, but they aren't able to sustain it, similar to the Royals a couple of years ago. I don't know. We'll see. There are plenty of positives. We mentioned them before. So it's not... Crazy to see Manny Machado sign with the White Sox. In fact, I think we're going to see it. I think it's looking like more and more likely. So the Phillies might not get Machado. I mean, they still might. Who knows? Nothing's set in stone. But they continued their busy offseason the other day by signing reliever David Robertson. They agreed to a two-year, $21 million deal, and it includes a club option for a third year. Robertson's a 33-year-old, and he's a back-end-of-the-rotation guy, so he should slot up nicely with Sir Anthony D- uh, Dominguez in the Phillies' pen. Robertson, he's an 11-year vet. He's got a solid track record. He's coming off a good year in, with the Yankees, where he went 8-3 and three with 3.23 R- ERA in 69 appearances. Nice. And he also had the American League's 7th-best whip among relievers who pitched 60 or more innings. So he's still competing at a very high level. He's still one of the better relievers in the league. He's a very consistent, reliable guy. And that's exactly what you need at the back end of your bullpen. He pitched in a lot of high leverage situations for the Yankees over the past two seasons. They used him in a lot of different situations. They even used him in a couple innings. They used him in the middle innings, all over. So he's a very good, reliable reliever, like I said. I'm a little sad to see that the Yankees weren't able to hold on to him because he is a class act. He's, you know, says the right things. He's a good clubhouse guy, and he's very reliable on the field. So he's a guy you love to have on your ball club. And it's a good move by the Phillies, you know, they may strengthen that bullpen and they just continue to add on to what they want to be a competing team. There are also some reports about the Brewers trying to strengthen their pitching staff. The Brewers and the Giants are reportedly discussing a deal involving Madison Bumgarner. The teams have apparently had substantive communication, and the Giants would be looking to get one of Milwaukee's better pitching prospects back in return. That includes Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, or Freddie Peralta, or maybe a combination of a couple of them. All three of those guys, they're talented young guys who would come... and be competing for a rotation spot this year. I mean, the Milwaukee Brewers rotation has a couple uh, slots that you could fill with those. Now, Milwaukee's coming off a very good year. They won the NL Central, and they went to Game 7 of the NLCS before losing to the Dodgers. But the closest thing that they have to an ace is Jihuly Chassin. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. His first name, to be honest with you guys. But Shasin, he was great in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. He's not historically been what you would consider to be an ace. So, with basically their entire core returning, Bumgarner could be exactly that guy to push them over the edge and get them to the World Series and potentially win it. I don't think any of those guys that we mentioned before, Burns, Woodruff, or Peralta, are too good where you can't recover from giving them up. I think they're expendable guys. If that gets you a guy like Bumgarner, I think you have to do it. I think that's what takes that team and levels them up. Bumgarner gives you a certified ace. Put him right at the top of the rotation. You know he's going to be clutch in the postseason. You know he's going to give you a ton of solid innings. I think that they have to go out and make that move if they can. Especially since you know that division is going to be a little bit tougher. The Cardinals went out and made some nice moves. The Cubs are probably a little heated about kind of falling to expectations. So I think the Brewers, they should go out and make this move, strengthen that rotation, really take themselves over the top. You have an MVP in Tristan Yelich. You got a ton of those core guys returning. And they also just signed uh, Yasmani Grandal to a one year deal. So you're getting another great bat behind the plate. We'd swing the balance of power in the NL, so I think this is a deal that needs to get done right now. Now, that's basically what we got in regards to rumors, but we got a couple other pieces and notes that we want to touch on. The Mets just hired David Wright, the former third baseman, to be a special advisor to the COO and the GM. So he's going to be helping out the Will Pons, the new GM, Brody Van Wagenen, you know He's got plenty of baseball knowledge, he's a team guy, he certainly can lend a hand to the management, and it also serves as a little bit of fan service. I mean, 36-year-old, he spent his entire career with the organization, he was drafted with them at a high school, became the captain, the fans loved him over here in New York, so it's a good move by the Mets. The front office over there isn't the most beloved in the league, but it's a respectful move, and I think it's a good move by the team. Now, a lot of you may have watched, but for those of you who didn't, the college football championship was on Monday night between the Clemson Tigers and the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide. The Clemson Tigers ended up going on to win the game, and they became the national champions. To get to the champions, Alabama had to play Oklahoma, and Oklahoma possesses a quarterback who was drafted by the Oakland Athletics in the first round of the draft last season, Kyler Murray. consensus top 10 pick in the MLB draft. He was a super talented player, but he's also a super talented football player. And that shows he was in the Heisman conversation this year. Excellent player, excellent athlete to be that good at both of these sports. All season long, it was reported that he was going to play out this season and then go on and start his baseball career, join the athletics, go into the minors and do all that stuff. Now there are reports saying that he's expected to enter the NFL draft. The Oakland Athletics believe that's what he's deciding to do. See where it goes, kind of feel it out. To be honest, it's kind of a questionable move. I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit biased because baseball is my thing. I watch football. I enjoy fantasy football, all that stuff. I'm not as big into football as I am into baseball, though. Baseball is a big part of my life. I just don't think it's a good idea. You see what baseball kind of money... That is out there, what kind of contracts are given out. It just it is so much more than what these guys in football are getting. And football players, their careers are much shorter. Not always for quarterbacks, but in generally, football careers are shorter. There's always the chance of injuries in football. I think baseball is more guaranteed money, a safer, longer career. So that's the path that I would choose. If he really loves football and. Wants to pursue what he loves, then good for him. You can't knock the decision. There is always the chance you come to the MLB and you never make it to the majors. All that money's gone anyway. So he's taking a chance. Can't hate him for it, but it's an interesting decision. And with that, we have a wrap on Podcast 78. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll be back for more next week. See you guys. And that right there was the Grounds Crew Brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle